You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Play Fantasy Baseball Show with D. Mindy. Little Cheesecake and Doc starts now. We welcome in a man who I'd say is very skilled. Now, baseball owned his skills as he had a 250 batting average with 20 home runs, 83 RBIs, and 14 stolen bases over his seven year career with six MLB teams. And he's on a mission to unlock players' potential through mental skills training. The only thing this guy breaks is records. The founder of the SVA Sport, the co-host of the Let Him Play podcast, a believer in hashtag be here now. Well, we have him here now. We welcome in the Mac Daddy, Darnell McDonald. What's going on? That's a, that's a hell of an introduction right there, Eric, man. I appreciate it. Um, nothing much. Just, uh, you know, chilling, chilling, man. Really, uh, but, you know, all the things that you mentioned with the uh, SBA sport and, and podcasts and all these things, man, is, is keeping me busy, um, excited, happy to be here uh, on your guys' podcast, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, you know, before we dive into your career, kind of what inspired you to make your own podcast? Um, you know, really, it was uh, the pandemic. Really, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, being able to connect with people, you know, I connected with a lot of people that um, I hadn't talked to in a long time. Um, and then, you know, got on there with, with Mike Cameron and, and Killer Cam. That's one of that's uh, one of my mentors, man. This dude uh, took me under his wing. I learned a lot from him, continue to learn a lot from him. Um, I had Billy Hall on there. Guys, well, both of those guys, uh, we were all teammates, you know, and we're actually all in the same outfield at one time uh, in Boston, believe it or not. So pretty, pretty, pretty impressive. But just uh, being able to connect with friends. That's a gold glove outfield right there. Nobody's getting a hit on you guys. But Darnell, I want to start out with the early years because I don't think people realize how great of an athlete you were in high school. You were a first-team high school All-American in 1996 and 1997, also being the Baseball America High School Player of the Year, the latter one. Your junior year, you hit 581 with 15 home runs in 22 22 games. And as a senior, hit 606 with 10 home runs. And I read that batting average would have been higher if they actually threw you better pitches. (laughs) Now, not only did you play baseball – but at Cherry Creek High School, you rushed for 6,121 yards, which was the most in Colorado history at the time, scoring 83 touchdowns while leading the Bruins to three state titles and earning multiple scholarship offers. 
I just want to let you know, some of us weren't even talented enough to play one sport in high school, okay? <laughs> Man, those are that's the, the glory days. And it's funny because, uh, you know, being in Colorado, being able, being able to connect with, um, you know, old friends from, from high school, we got so, so many stories. And I think at the time, uh, you take all this stuff for granted. Right. And I've, you know, I've had the opportunity to play in Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium, all these, you know, professional, unbelievable stadiums. But I still, to this day, high school was one of the best times of my life. And, you know, you mentioned, like, yeah, we won a lot, a lot of winning. Like, that's all I knew was winning. And then you get to pro ball and you lose a lot. I was like, I don't know what this is. Um, and so that's one of the reasons that, um, do with mental skills, right? So how do you know how to do something if you've never done it? And we know that baseball is, is a sport that it's about failure and how you deal with failure. You know, you, you, you mentioned my numbers in high school. Um, I really saw, I really didn't fail in high school. And then you get drafted. I come, I, I get drafted, got drafted in 97, signed out of high school. And then I start failing a lot, man. And, um, you know, I really didn't have a resource to deal with that failure. So, you know, the older that uh, I've gotten and, uh, you know, been able to learn from a lot of uh, really, 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 really good players. We're talking about Hall of Fame players, like watching these guys. Like, this is how I learned to be a big leaguer by watching big leaguers. And, um, you know, they say success leaves clues, right? So I would watch these guys. And why are these guys successful? And um, you know, so I like to use a lot of the things that I learned from these these other players and teammates that I that played with to help other people. So Darnell, I want to backtrack because we're we're still talking about the high school, the good years, the, where you're winning everything. Because you were in quite demand. You had a scholarship offer for football, but also being a highly touted baseball prospect. Now I read your first choice was UCLA. But then Texas made you an offer to infuse you into their football and baseball programs. And you were selected in the first round of the 26 overall pick in the 1997 MLB draft with an offer of a $1.9 million signing bonus. So what made you choose baseball? Um, you know, a, a, a few things. Like going into the whole situation, the whole, you know, whether I was going to go to college or, or, or uh, play pro ball, I, I looked at it as a win-win. Either way, it was going to be a great opportunity. Um, I remember it was about two days before I was getting ready to report to, um, oh, there's my man. There's my man, David. David, what's up, man? Yo, what's going on, my friend? You got a fine kangaroo court. Being late. <laughs> so just, I'll give you my Venmo when we get done with this. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're just talking about uh, why, why I chose to play baseball oh so i'm right on the good stuff all right good i didn't miss anything hopefully didn't miss anything good yet no man not at all so it was two days before i was getting ready to to go to two days and uh you know coming from i grew up man i didn't come from a lot of money you know and, uh, i remember i'm 18 years old myself and a family friend flew to um seattle that's the team in seattle they're playing a uh, the man is out there, and I'm sitting at a uh, a round table with uh, Pat Gillich, 
Logan, why, you know, these are like, God, yeah, that's a Hall of Fame GM. Um, and so we end up getting the deal done two days before I ended up going to uh, Texas. Um, but then the, I think the thing that really swayed me was the, obviously, financially, like, uh, spent the cost of that type of, uh, uh, money. Um, and people ask me, you know, would you, would you do anything different now? And if I was, if I was, uh, you know, talking to someone else, like college is, like, go to college, right? Go to college, um, give you opportunity to mature a little bit, opportunity to fail, right? Fail in a, um, like, controlled atmosphere. Like, this is not the real thing, right? This is not business. Once you sign that contract, like, it's business. Right? And, um, but I can have no regrets. Um, um, if I, if I didn't do what I did, like, I wouldn't be here now. I wouldn't be doing the things that, um, you know, I've been able to do. I probably wouldn't be, uh, a mental skills coach, right? I didn't go through all the adversity and challenges I did being 18 years old and going into the real world, uh, of sports and life. Yeah. And, you know, I touching on your career because, you're right. It's really tough to pass up that money. I'm thinking of myself as 27 years old and say no to 1.9 million would be something that would be tough for me to swallow. Your first three seasons, you were in class A and class double A ball, and you got your first chance at triple A with Rochester in 2001. And you put up some good stats in the minors. You hit for good average, some power, and especially stealing bags. You finally get your shot at the majors on April 30th, 2004. Now, your call to the major leagues was seven years after you were drafted. So what were your thoughts when you heard the news? Were you excited, relieved, nervous? Um, I mean, honestly, I was excited. I mean, I was, man, you're playing, you're, you're, you're at the highest level. You're getting opportunity. Um, but to really be honest, it wasn't – my experience wasn't really good when, when I was with the Orioles. Um, you know, a lot of it's had to do with uh, my own doing, right? I didn't. I had to learn how to be a professional. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't. At that time, you know, coming in, I didn't know how to work, right? I in high school, I didn't have to work for anything. I was just better than everyone else. Um, you know, also at that time, it was like '97. Like I came in, I got drafted in. Um, they called a steroid era. You know what I'm saying? So it's. Uh, you know, you're 18 years old, you're number one pick, and you see yourself getting passed up by other guys. In my head, I'm thinking, like, man, like, I know these guys aren't better than me, right? But I wasn't really putting up the, the, the kind of numbers that you would, you would want to see from a number one prospect, right? Um, it definitely took me longer to develop this, you know, Different challenges. We have challenges on the field, obviously, just developing, learning how to play the work that, learning how to play every day, um, the, the failure part of it, and then the off the field stuff. Like my second year program, my mother passed away. That was a big blow for me. Um, you know, that's probably one of the times that I was really thinking about like giving it up. And the thing that kept me going was I told my mom that I was going to play them. So if you're looking for that, um, I probably would shut it down. Um, I think around 
around that same time, 04, the Browns contacted the Cleveland Browns football team to go, um, you know, play, play football, NFL. I was going to play, uh, be an emergency running back for the last three games of the season and then, uh, you know, obviously go into, uh, the camp. And that was another time where I really thought about, man, I'm going to switch and I'm going to go play, um, football. That didn't happen, obviously. Um, you know, I had a deferred contract, so we were like, you know, go play, you got to give back some of money. I wasn't going to do that, so I stuck with baseball. And uh, I'm really happy I did. Uh, you know, the, the, the moral of the story is hard work, man. Hard work, do anything you want to do, um, and never give up. Darnell, so I, I'm curious, this is a little bit off topic. On your Twitter, you're MacDime54. What's the dime stand for? <laughs> that's, a, that's an awesome question, man. And no one's ever asked me that. <laughs> I remember when I was getting into the Twitter, the Twitter game back then. I don't even know how long my account's been going. It's probably around 2010. Like, um, you, know, you need a, a handle for your name. I go, man, I don't know. But my my boys back home, they always call me Mac Guy. Mac Guy. That's my Colorado guys I grew up with. So I just went with Mac Guy. Um, 54, I was 54 at the time with, uh, with Boston. So that's where Matt Dime 54 came from. But like, I always think of Dime as like in basketball where you're like throwing dimes to people. Yeah. Like he's dropping dimes. Yeah. Was that because you were balling on the court? Yeah. It's some, you know, like, yeah, something like that. Like Mac Dime. <laughs> it's funny because, uh, my good friend, Jewish dude, he's the one that really gave me that nickname, Mac Dime. Back time. I love Mac. I, should, I need a better I should have done a little. I should have done a little more re- research on the intro. I introduced him as Mac Daddy. I should have done Mac Dime. No, Mac Dime is where it's at. I love it. Does, does, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that your first home run was against Clayton Kershaw. Whew. Yeah, man. How about that? Like that. That alone for me, like that's that's definitely up there with a highlight of my career. And I would definitely wherever you go, I would have that like ready to show something. Be like, yeah. Boom. Like I, I would have that saved as like a clip on my phone. Like a home run if off Clayton Kershaw itself is crazy, but your first home run off like being off of him is nuts. Uh I don't know if you know who uh Pat Light is. <laughs> I, but, I was uh, gonna bring it up. Yeah, but uh <laughs> we had Pat Light on and he struck out Mike Trout and yeah. he just at his he owns a bar and he has that playing on a loop the entire night, every night at the bar, one of the TVs. Hell yeah. I I'm gonna I got I'm gonna wait till Kershaw goes to the Hall of Fame and then <laughs> That's when, that's when I'm going to break it, break it all out. It's funny. There's another funny story about that, right? Because, uh, you know, I was with the Reds. My, my cousin, James McDonald, was with the, um, the Dodgers at the time. And so mm-hmm. we were hanging out the, the night before. Um, and he's talking all kind of mess to me, like, you know, I'm going to throw you all fastballs. I'm telling these guys, just throw you, throw you fastballs, right? So. Next day, we're playing the game. We got Kershaw on the mound. Uh, first pitch, he throws me, like, 95 in. I remember I fouled it over the first base dugout. I step out of the box, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, this mug throws gas. Like, <laughs> like this is just coming. So I step back in, and I'm like, I'm going to sell out. I'm selling out on the fastball. If he throws me anything else, 
I'll probably tie my shoelaces up. Sure enough, he came back in there with that fastball, and he threw it right into my barrel. And uh, you know, I, I'd love to send him a Christmas card every year for that because that is um, for life. It's a Hall of Famer. Play upper deck. One night. Where's the ball? Reds. Uh, so my my uh, dad has balls. Okay. My dad, my dad still has trophies from like fourth grade, like those those plastic trophies. It's like I'm gonna send them to you. I'm like, well, no, I don't want no. I just take up space. I don't want those trophies. But he has my first hit, and he has uh, that that ball uh, I hit off the plate for a shot. Okay. All right. So that's one of the highlights of your career. And Darnell, I want to go to 2010. And at 31 years old, you finally had a home in the majors with the Red Sox. And I'm going to be honest, I was 16 years old at the time. So that's where I remember your playing days from. You play 117 games your first year with Boston, hitting 270 with nine home runs. And your first appearance for the club was a story I'm sure you get asked about a lot. Now, for those that don't know, in his first at-bat, he became the ninth Red Sox player to homer in his first at-bat with the team. Your two-run home run over the Green Monster tied the game at 6-6 in the eighth inning. The next inning, the bottom of the ninth, you had a two-run or you had a game-winning hit over the same Green Monster to give them a walk-off win, becoming the first player ever to have a game-winning RBI in your debut. So I think your start with Boston couldn't have been any better. What game, What did that game mean for your career, and how many drinks did you get bought that night? <laughs> uh, you know what? I said the estimate, like, first player ever. Like, it's, it's, like, unreal. to miss the Boston Red Sox. Like, this is one of the most historic franchises in sports. And um, at the time, I, I didn't realize, like, let's even, we're going to rewind, okay? So I'm in Rochester, New York. We get called up. John Reddick and I, we got called up on the same day. But they didn't know if we were getting called up. They're like, okay, you're going to go to Boston. You have to make sure that guys, guys can't go. And then we'll, you know, we'll call you over to the field. So uh, we're sitting in the hotel. Uh, they call Reddick over. It's probably about 530. I'm still, at, I'm still, uh, I'm still there. They haven't, they haven't called me yet. And it was, it was also weird because it was like, we're called up, but I like, I couldn't call my family and be like, I got called up because I wasn't activated yet. So literally it was probably like six o'clock they called. All right. Can't go. We're activating. Come over to the field. Even before that, in my head, I'm like, I'm, I'm activated because I'm not going back. I don't even care. Like, I'm called up. <laughs> so I get to the field. Um, you know, the Pookie, the clubhouse guy, like, what number do you want? Oh, man, I don't, I don't care. This guy was like, just give me the number and spring training, which was 54. So I get dressed, no BP, um, sitting in the dugout, right? We get to the eighth inning, and Tito's like, you know, so-and-so gets on, you're going to pinch hit. Still in my head, I'm like, that ain't happening, right? <laughs> well, so-and-so got on. Mac, let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, I hit the hit the homer, but it's like I didn't have time to celebrate because like I'm still in the game. The game's still going on. Come back around in the ninth inning, base loaded, two outs. It's the same situation like when you're playing wiffle ball back when they played wiffle ball, or we used to play uh in the tennis courts with the tennis balls and 
that, you know, we had our faces and stuff. And so, you know, every time when it was like time to go in, what do you do? Okay, last up, last up, back. Face loaded, two arms. So here I am, however many years later, in Fenway Park, bases loaded, two outs. Hit the wall ball. And it's like I can still see these. I can still see that, uh, that breaking ball. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Oliver, Darren Oliver. I can still see, I can still see that breaking ball coming out of his hand, that little move. And then, uh, the ninth inning, that, the, 94 mile an hour fastball. I can still, I can still see that, right? So, get off the wall. If you watch the video, I'm coming around second. I'm still, it hasn't even hit me. Like, okay, won the game. But it wasn't until I turned around and looked at my teammates coming, like charging me, out one, laser show, and all these guys that it, it, it kind of sunk in. Um, so the next day, I didn't have time to go celebrate after that. I was actually staying. I actually stayed at the same hotel. I wish I would have known knew the name of the, the wings. I had these wings, right? I don't know where the wings were from. They're unbelievable wings. Um, the next day, I got pulled over going to the park. All right, so I get pulled over. Officer's like, you know, see your license. I get my license. Things in the goes, Mr. McDonald. Your game last night. <laughs> you know, I just want to let you know we have some speed traps set up here. Make sure you be careful. Have a great game tonight. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So that's, that's kind of really weird. It really hit me about Red Sox Nation is no joke, okay? It is no joke. And imagine at the time the Red Sox were on a six game losing streak. So, you know, everyone's on edge. And for, uh, if it wasn't for that day right there, like I can probably guarantee you that I wouldn't be here right now. Right? So I'm telling you this because more of the story is life is about timing, right? Timing and being ready when your time comes. Be ready. Be ready. That's your, our job. Be ready. And that time I was, I was ready to go. And I was, I was ready. I'm sorry. I was ready because I was, at, I was playing with house money at that time. You know, I was, I'd been released. I'd been, you know, all these things. So now I'm like, everything else is extra. Then I got to ask you because you talked about timing and there was unfortunate timing for somebody on this thing I'm about to show you. There is a, so there's a clip of you uh, hitting a home run, and I don't want to spoil where, <laughs> where this home run goes. I don't know if you know or, uh, if you remember this. So this is a uh, look at the one eight hundred five four giant glass. He's got another deep far and very good. So they're not showing right now where that home. Obviously, you smashed that home run off of Jared Weaver, no less. So I feel like everybody hates Jared Weaver. 
but <laughs> so do oh, you know where the, do you remember where this ball went? Friday. So yeah, you, man, you broke his car. One eight hundred, and before the pitch, you saw it said one eight hundred five four five four glass. Like you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, you're... <laughs> like, if you go back. It says one eight hundred five four glass. Oh, wait, let me go back. Let me go back. To the, it's where you're standing right here. Right here, right? Yeah, there you go. one 800 giant, giant glass. <laughs> Dude, that could be, that should be, we should have done a commercial with giant glass. That was a perfect, perfect commercial for them. But, yeah, see, that's another, there's so many things with the Red Sox. That was, I mean, this is the time of my life. I'm playing with Boston Red Sox. I got, I don't know how many at bats like I was playing. Like, this is unbelievable. I mean, it's show. And it's, uh, it's like I'm with the Beatles, traveling with the Beatles. And so that, without a doubt, um, was probably the, the best uh, year of my life, being able to, to be with the Red Sox, play with, play with so many unbelievable teammates, so much fun. We didn't, we didn't win. We didn't win, but we still had a lot of fun. So, Darno, i got to ask, because talking about your time with the Red Sox, I saw you had a couple pitching appearances including one against the Orioles when the game was in the 17th inning. So how do teams decide what position players will pitch? Is it kind of just like volunteer? Like, oh, we, we feel like you're you're good, like you're the emergency guy? Well, I was I pitched in high school. I, well, I should say I threw in high school. I didn't even pitch, I threw. But how do teams decide? So when you're the 25th man on the roster, like you, your job is to do everything. So we talked about being ready, right? This is you pitching right here, I think, actually. He was just ready with these videos. Oh, and this is a tie ball game in the show. There's my guy, Bobby B. <laughs> so, so he's on, is he, so obviously, like, uh, I think he has a pretty bad rap. Uh, did you were a fan of Bobby Valentine? You know, um, there we go. There's some movement on there. I know my guy, my guy is messing with me now. Um, well, I'm not a fan of, of Bobby V. Um, I think Bobby V didn't, he didn't want me, he didn't want me there from the jump, from, uh, spring training. If you go, if you look at what I hit in spring training, it kind of motivated me though. But, um, this is amazing, like to be able to pitch in a tie ball game. And I was actually out there, like thinking through the game, right? Like, where how I'm gonna get a double play ball? I think Salty Amakia. I think he threw somebody out too. But well, that might have been the the first time I pitched first the first the uh, A's. Eighty three. Like you're you're that's a that's some pretty good heat coming from a position player too. Well, I'm putting him on right here in my head. I'm not trying to pitch to him. I'm trying to put there's a base open. I'm trying to put him on to get ready for a double play ball. That's what I'm thinking in my head. So I was trying to throw, those are change-ups. Like I'm trying to throw a change-up. Because if you also look, I think I hit 90, 90 or 91 here. So I tried to hump up a couple times toward the end. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, you put you got Marcakis on, like you said, set up that double play ball with one out. Okay, so that, that makes perfect sense. Obviously, set it up so you can get out of the inning here to still tie game. Who they have? Adam Jones. So, I mean... At this point, Adam Jones is still one of their best hitters. Uh, 298, 7. 
he's pretty good hitter. <laughs> <laughs> this was still, this was like the, the peak of Adam Jones too. And this was obviously when the or oh right in there at 83. Okay. All right. Starting him out 0-1 count. This this is the pitcher side of you coming out. I like it. Yeah, so I know they're taking until you get a strike, right? So I want to get that first strike, and then I want to try to get a ground ball right here. And I'll tell you, it's not as easy as, you know, you're in the, you're in the stands, and you're like, man, just throw a strike. It ain't that easy, throwing a strike. You know, oh, you know got him inside. Yeah, you, you know what's being scary? Being 2-0 or 2-1 to a big league hitter. Well, that looks like a. Uh, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. You know what? It's tough. It's tough to pitch. It's one of those things. I mean, you had to get it in the zone to, you know, to get it to him. Obviously, Adam Jones is one of the best hitters in baseball at that point. So, you know, where that ball was, like I was trying to go. I was going away, right? I'm yeah. Way the ball's away, because obviously you got the monster, and he just reached out and just yanked my shit over the. Over the- <laughs> He hit me with this. I always mess with him. I'm like, why you got to hit me with that, man? Come across. <laughs> oh, no, that's for my grandma and my mom. I'm like, all right, man. But uh, to, add, to add to that story, so I give up the, the game-winning home, right? And then they had a they had Chris Davis who was pitching for their team. He's throwing gas with a splitty. So Adrian Gonzalez hits – I did. He struck Adrian Gonzalez out on three pitches. Wow. I hope you never let him live it down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to the plate. I'm thinking to myself, like, man, whatever you do, don't let him strike you out. Well, he didn't strike me out. I grounded into a double play to end the game. <laughs> oh, man. So we gave it the winning home run, game winning home run, and I grounded into a double play to, to end the game. You're on both you sides of history. But you know what? Like, that's the best part about baseball with 162 games and going right back at it the next day. It's like, you can just like be like, all right, you know what? Wasn't on my game this day, but tomorrow you can hit a home run, win the game for your team and completely change the narrative of how you feel about how your season's going just in one day. That's the, that's the best part about baseball. And that's why they say baseball is a lot like life, right? Like mm-hmm. I think every day is a new day to create whatever you want. Right? So like today, my mantra for today is I have the ability to create, do, and have anything I can dream of. Right? So that's what we all have every day. We have that opportunity to, to create that. We have a new canvas. And um, so, yeah, that's what baseball, the baseball, you talk about honing my skills. That's what it, it, one of the skills that it honed is every day, you got to come to the post every day. Um, can you come every day with the mindset like it's opening day, right? Every, opening day, everyone's confidence is sky high, right? I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And then, you know, the season goes on and we get more, like, condition. And that's where the, the mental side comes from. So being able to – every day is opening day, that type of confidence, being that confidence to, to the field every day. And if you get, you know – Majority of your players doing that; those are the teams that win, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's baseball, whatever sport, right? You watch like watching the Suns, the Suns game, and it's like that game five is like you can visually see their team lost confidence, right? That's where that series was lost, game five. 
Um, so we're talking about momentum, momentum, like, man, that's life, same way. When you get on that wave, you got to ride that wave as long as you can. Wise right. words and inspiration from Darnell McDonald, uh, football so, player. You, you also forgot to call him the predator. Because uh, Dustin Pedroia apparently called him the Predator, which I didn't see any background for why that was. Why did he call you that? The predator. He, he, he wanted to talk mess about my about my locks, right? Oh. <laughs> That's why I made a Predator. But the thing about my man Petey, so he was he was mad he didn't have no hair, right? <laughs> He's been bad. He was bald his entire career. But he tried to grow it out many times. If we go back and we look at pictures, he, he tried, and actually he tried to grow it out in, in 2010 because I would tell him on my PDL, you have to feed the plant, right? You can't, you ever see a, a, a dry plant grow? So I got him uh, this coconut oil. He put in his hair every day, he put in his coconut oil. <laughs> and he, he's like, I'm growing it out, man. So he's growing it out. He had, a, he had a little pothole in the back, what I got now, you know, but. Bless his heart. He, he's like, I'm doing it. And he did it. Oh, man. That's a great story. Darnell, we like to get our guests out of here with a little triple play rapid fire, some this or that questions. You game? Let's do it. Uh, you probably haven't been asked some of these before. Like, why is he triple play? Hey, so, love it. Yeah, there we go. So we do fantasy baseball, football, and basketball. And we do fantasy analysis. But we also like doing these interviews here. So. Okay. That's why Darnell's the man. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a playoff of triple triple play, triple threat, triple triple double. You guys do it all. That's exactly. right. We used to have oh, like our- um one of the uh, old uh, video games is like called triple play baseball. We used to have in our intro be like, oh, it's a triple play. And like it would have like our beat going. It was pretty fire before we had to switch it up a little bit. But uh, yeah, that game was that game was dope. Though. It was. Oh, he yeah. remembers. Yeah, there we go. All right, Darnell, the first one, would you rather rush for 250 yards in a game or hit two home runs in a game? Oh, so is this, this is both, this is pro, this is, wow. This is whatever level. This is a tough one, number one. <laughs> so I'm just trying to think if I ever hit two home runs and throw a ball in a game. I think you did. I think, um, I mean, looking right now, I think you hit, there was, uh, on, uh, 622.09, you hit two home runs in a game. 09? Yeah, in 09. Um, that was for, I'm looking right now. Hi, Boston. Louisville. It's for the bats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, baby. Another good spot, man. I love Louisville. A lot of love for Louisville and Durham, North Carolina. But that's a great question. Um, I'm going to just say 250 in the the NFL because I haven't done it. All right. I love it. What's the better burger at McDonald's, the Big Mac or the double quarter pounder? No burgers from McDonald's. (laughs) All right. Yes. Figure I had to get a McDonald's pun in there somewhere. We're gonna go. We're gonna go back because I'm not okay. Back in high school, we did eat a lot of Big Macs because they had this special of like two for two or some something crazy. Like so, in high school, we we go get them Big Macs and kill them. So Big Mac, let's go Big Mac. All right. Would you rather forget who you were or who everyone else was? 
Ooh. Everyone else, baby. Ah, uh, yeah. Nobody, you're not forgetting like yourself. I like it. Would you rather run at 100 miles per hour or fly at one mile per hour? Let's fly. My man, right. would be going, he already robbed a couple home runs, but that way he can rob even more of them when he was playing. You fly high, you know it. <laughs> That's a throwback right there. There we go. Jim Jones, man. I love it. All right, Darnell, you probably had a lot of girls that you were their high school crush, but what was the name of your high school crush? Ooh, and for sure, I would say uh, Stacy Dash. Okay. Yeah, she's, an avid, she's an avid listener of the of Triple Play. Yeah, let me, let me know. My MacDime 5-4. <laughs> MacDime 5-4, Stacey Dash. We got it. Which one of these weapons would you rather use for self-defense? A sword or nunchucks? Ooh. I'm a Bruce Lee fan, so I'm going nunchucks. I love it. Yeah. I love it. You still got it. I would hit myself in the head all the time. I, it's, it hurt. <laughs> but if you can master them, it looks really cool. Right. You, only, you know why you also pick nunchucks too is none of your swings. I don't know if you uh, if you keep up with the pitching ninja on Twitter, but uh, mm. whenever batters swing and they miss, he calls them swords because it looks like they're swinging a sword. But <laughs> you don't ha- you didn't have those in your game, so you, you ain't used to swinging swords. No, you know who who swings a, a sword is my man Chris Bryant. If you watch him, he looks like he's fancy. He's, I, I tell people he, he swings a sword. <laughs> he, he, I'm he never going to be able to look at his swing again yeah. without thinking of that. Watch that, but oh yeah, one more thing. So that back to the nunchuck. So when you get a chance, when you get off here, pull up Bruce Lee Inspiration. It's like a two minute video on YouTube. And watch how amazing this dude is with nunchucks. Nunchucks or the inspiration. All right, that's the first thing I have after this. Yes, check them out. Is it, right, be, got, is it be like water? That is, that's what water looks like. That's what I tell people. That's what mindfulness looks like in motion. That's Bruce Lee. He's a movie. I love writer. it. All right, we got a couple more here, and then I got to look at this Bruce Lee video. Live <laughs> 10 minutes from work in an apartment. Or in a big house an hour away from work. Ten minutes, baby. Let's go. I'm always late anyway, so ten minutes. <laughs> all right. All right. Would you rather eat overcooked or undercooked food? Why would you put that one in there? That's there's literally like no one's gonna pick undercooked because then you can't eat it. I don't know. Some people don't like overcooked food. I love sushi, man. I love sushi. like if I could eat anything every day, it'd be sushi. Um, really? Is, well, do you have a favorite sushi roll, like the California roll or like the tuna roll? Well, like California roll, that's not really sushi. Okay? Let's just be honest. Why? Uh, well, it's not. It's, what is this? Crab? It's, it's crab. It's cooked crab. Or it's like, what is, you know, the crab mix. And sushi is fish. Raw fish. <laughs> crabs, I, crabs fit like crabs, like it's all underwater stuff. That's like that's how. David, David, I like that you're in defense after he says nobody would pick undercooked, and it sounds like this is the way he's leaning. Yeah, <laughs> spicy, spicy tuna. I eat that every day. Spicy tuna. All right, okay. all right. I, I love it, and he's shutting David up. Would you rather fight a hundred ducks? 
get you some spicy tuna rolls today. Go to, go to, if you have sprouts or whole foods, go get you the spicy tuna rolls. At whole, I, I don't think we have sprouts here, but we have whole foods. So it's spicy tuna rolls. So if I don't go to, like go them. To, go, to, go to Harris Teeter, David. That's so if I don't like them, I can, uh, I can tweet at you and say that you uh, your taste in sushi is pretty bad. Yeah, I want to see it. And then so you don't have to demo me. You're fine for being right. So <laughs> make up for it. You go to those sushi. I want to see you get spicy tuna rolls. And I want to at me. I want to see you eating. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I'm, I just followed you now. So when on Twitter, so that way when I, I buy them and then I throw them in the dumpster after I don't like them, just so no, you know. No, no, give them to me. I'll eat them. I want to see it. I want to see it. A short video of you eating spicy tuna rolls. Well, you know, okay, so, so so tomorrow I'm doing a donut challenge. So I'm going to have the, the sushi rolls on the side. So I'll film the whole thing, and then, yeah, I'll tag you so that way you know uh, when I don't like I'll give you the live reaction of it. So what is a donut challenge? It's uh, a dozen donuts in 10 minutes. Are so, donut holes? No, I'm talking about full-sized, like, Krispy Kreme donuts. And so how many, 10 and... 12, uh, 12 donuts in 10 minutes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that ain't a challenge. That's not a, what? Are you? Those, it's only Krispy Kreme, but those donuts melt in your mouth. But they're still like big. Like, they're still like, they're still big sized donuts and that's more than a donut a minute. So is this being filmed? Yeah, I'm filming it tomorrow. And who is, is, are you competing with someone or what, what type of challenge? He's it's, doing it for clout. Uh, no, I'm doing it to for the YouTube channel, like to help grow our YouTube channel. So I'm uh it's it's David versus Donut, and I'm gonna live stream it. And if I do the 12 donuts in 10 minutes, I consider myself a god and I'm going to leave on a high note after that. So if you finish 12 before 10 minutes, are you gonna keep going or are you gonna stop at 12? <laughs> <laughs> if I if I can even just eat twelve in ten minutes, I'm gonna be like oh, amazing. Let's go, man, no, let's go. <laughs> so, are you just gonna stop at twelve? You're done. Or are you gonna keep going? I mean, so you're saying I should order more than when I go to the drive-through? I should order more than just the dozen. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know. I don't know what you should do, but I want to see it. Good luck, man. Right, Darnell, I, I got I got one last question to ask you, and I feel like this is gonna be a good one. Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? 100 duck-sized? No, man. I'm so or no. Scared of ducks. Scared of ducks and geese. So I don't want to. Definitely not. No, no ducks. Horse-sized ducks for sure. Not. So, so you're fighting the 100 duck-sized horses then. Yeah. It'd be like mini horses. Yeah, get off me. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. You can't use nunchucks, though. That's that's the catch-22. No, why can't he use his nunchucks? I guess you could. Might as well. I want the, the horse ducks. How do you how do you even come up with that question? Like, what, <laughs> what are you doing at night? Yeah, yeah. That's, a good, that's a good question, man. I mean, I don't know. We're we're weird. Well, you technically, you don't even technically you don't even have a house right now. You're technically in between leases, living random places right now. So, I guess you. Yes, yeah, so I've yes, yeah, so I have a lot of time to think of these really weird questions. So yeah, there you go. Story of my life, baby. <laughs> Keep going.
I love it. I love it. Man, I didn't realize that Darnell and us had a lot in common besides him being really good at baseball and uh, us never playing competitive baseball. I feel like we're like the same person. 